Coming up in this episode, we're going to talk about horsepower or torque, things like that. A mechanical podcast, if you will. Also, the feature ride of the week, the Jesse James getaway in Missouri. So stick around. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas, and of course, any random thoughts that pop into our head. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. Well, have you seen the Ozarks lately? It's getting all green and beautiful. It's a great time to be out on your bike. So be sure to put Brad Bradshaw's number in your phone, 417-333-3333. Spring and summertime brings a lot of folks out on the road, and if they're distracted by the Ozark scenery, they may not see you. Accidents do happen. So keep this in mind. Brad's a physician, surgeon, and a lawyer. So after the show, check him out online at bradbradshaw.com. Remember, save his number, 417-333-3333. You know, Randy, the she who must be obeyed, she's uh, suggested that I get out more. Probably tired of looking at me, I would imagine. And I can only assume that she means to get out more on my bike. That's the way I choose to think about it anyway. Which means that making sure it's serviced and ready to roll. Heartland Honda in Springdale. The first level 5 Honda powerhouse dealer in Arkansas can get your ride ready to roll. Their red level technicians are the best at what they do. Plus, Heartland Honda has a huge selection of Honda motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides with excellent financing options. So when you're ready for something new, check them out online at heartlandhonda.com or give them a call at 479-751-7022. Heartland Honda. Work hard, play hard. Welcome back to another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road, where we talk about nonsensical babble and throw in a little motorcycle stuff from time to time. If we're not thinking clearly, we might even find something interesting to talk about. With me, as always, is Randy Lewis from Bike Works in Urbana, Missouri. Good I'm, morning to you, sir. I'm your huckleberry. <laughs> so, you've had a good week? Yeah, you know, it's a week. It's a week. All right. So this week, we're going to talk about the Jesse James Getaway. It's a Missouri ride. It's kind of a big loop, and it goes around the Sunklands Conservation Area, not to be called the Skunklands. Says you. Yeah. It's a 112-mile ride. You'll find it located on page two of the Missouri ride maps on OzarkRides.com. Arguably, probably some of the best scenery you're going to find in Missouri. I wouldn't disagree with that. Every place has their appeal. Yeah. But it's it's pretty nice. It really is. Southeast Missouri, you got river bottoms, you got a little bit of the Ozark Mountains, you got trees, you got conservation land. It's just, it's up my alley. Yeah. Uh, of course, the ride was obviously named after that 19th century outlaw. We, we Folklore hero. Folklore hero is how we're going to place it. Yeah. And uh, his 1874 train robbery at Gads Hill, Missouri. Yeah. Of course, everybody knows where Gads Hill is. Oh, everybody does. Everybody. It's, <laughs> it's the center of the universe. Exactly. Now, now, this ride begins, as I said, it's a loop. So it begins and ends in Eminence, Missouri. 
And it, like Randy said, it does offer some of the best scenery in northeast Ozarks region. Now, the route takes you to the Acres Ferry, which is very cool. It crosses the current river, but definitely you need to call ahead to make sure that the ferry is running. Yeah. Because if you don't and that ferry's not running. You're stuck. Backtrack. Well, you're backtracking and you're <laughs> yeah. not making this route. Yeah. You know, everybody always thinks about Peel's Ferry and then they forget about the Acres Ferry, probably because it's not on a regular schedule all the time. But yeah, Exactly. We saved you a shortcut. So if you go look at this map on OzarkRides.com, I've put a phone number there that you can call. Yeah. And check it out. They're talking about a region of Missouri in the current river that it's not always accessible, you know. You know, this time of year, you also have a lot of days where you'll just have torrential rains. Oh, yeah. Yeah, water goes up. if it rains up. hard, you get your flash floods, that uh, current river is running like, you know. Mach 10. <laughs> yeah, so, you, yeah. you know, the ferry's not going to run. Exactly. So th- there's just some things to take into consideration, but, you know, don't sleep on it. It's it's a freaking dope-ass little ferry ride. It's a cool area of Missouri. It's hard to access, or not not hard to access, but there's it's no very big... rustic. It's very rural. It's very, yeah, it's you a... know, step-back-in-time kind of ride. Right. There's not a lot of major roads that just run you to this point in Missouri. No, we've said this a hundred times. Don't need to, you know, beat a dead horse. Fuel up at the beginning of your ride. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just it's just a thing to do. So, we've got an interesting topic we're going to talk about th- this week. Mostly it's a topic that allows me to take a nap and, uh, you know, maybe throw in an occasional, huh? <laughs> I'll be darned. So, uh, this topic is going to be for Randy because he likes to shine. So, the topic this week is Torque or horsepower? Yeah, yeah. What would you rather have? Well, well you, I can tell you right now, my part of the discussion, torque. No, whatever. You're a metric guy. You've got to have horsepower. No, I need, some, <laughs> I need something as capable of hauling my fat ass yeah, down the road. Yeah. So this is, this could be completely wrong, but something that stuck out to me as a young kid doing cars is one of my, one of the guys that I took a class with, an automotive class, was like, look, horsepower is just a byproduct of torque. Torque is where it's at. So it's always stuck with me. But, you know, it's kind of relatively true. Like you get on a motorcycle, you feel the torque. Basically, it's horsepower is how fast you're going to hit this wall. Torque is how hard you're going to hit this wall. So when you think about it in that relationship, it's uh, horsepower in from what I've seen, will give you a lot of top end speed, a little bit of top end power. Torque is all. So if you're going into going fast, and that's your deal, horsepower yeah. is the deal. Yeah, yeah, mile per hour. That's where horsepower comes in. You know how fast you get to that is the torque. You know most guys when they ride, torque is what they feel. That's what they want. You know. I like the feeling of uh, turning the throttle and it throwing you back in your seat. Yeah, that's you know, torque. Hang on, that's torque. Yeah, you hit it, it goes bang, right? So when you talk about everything in relationship to this, and this is the reason why metric bikes make more horsepower than torque. They carry, see, you say metric bikes. Yeah, Indians, you know, that sort of stuff. So metric doesn't necessarily mean Japanese. In our case, metric means American-made. Thank you very much. <laughs> Suck one. <laughs> As but, opposed to what you ride. <laughs> I ride freedom. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's, it's, I, put, it's a symbol in America. I am as 100% American as you can get. So, like, everybody talks, you know, they hate these sport bikes. Well, they make a shit ton of horsepower, but they also carry 15,000 RPMs. Because they don't make as much torque, they need RPMs to propel them as quick. Now, they freaking get there, and they run 160, well, what if you're a guy hour. that's uh, setting up like a drag bike? 
Mm. So you're talking about. So you want the speed, but you also want to get off that line yesterday. Right. You know, there's advantages and disadvantages. You talk about eighth mile track or quarter mile track. All that takes a big deal. You know, takes a lot into consideration. You know, personally, I gear more towards a ton of torque because with a ton of torque, you're going to have horsepower and then gearing. You know, gearing is one quick way to make you have nothing and get you something. So these small Japanese metric, if you will, motorcycles, their gearing is trash, you know, because they carry more horsepower, they have to have something that lets them take off at low end. So it's in the gearing. Yeah. So they gear them differently to make them take off and then, you know, carry a speed with their horsepower. Now I had a bike once that Scared the living hell out of me. And to this day, they are probably one of the most notoriously dangerous bikes because of torque. It was a Kawasaki 750 triple. Yeah. Even on the forks, it had a steering dampener because when you hit that throttle, if you weren't careful, that was going to pull hard to the right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you know, two cycle engines. Yeah. A lot of torque. Exactly. Exactly. So it it really just kind of goes to what do you want? You know, do you want to feel a lot more top end speed or do you want to feel a lot more low end pull? I'm more geared towards the low end pull, burnouts, wheelies, stupid shit. You know, I don't care about mile per hour as much because with most all my machines, I can still carry 100, 120 But wheelies are hard on paint jobs, aren't they, sir? <laughs> yes, as I recently found out, when yes. you run a big drop-down bagger, when you pull a wheelie, you tend to scuff fenders. And but... scare your daughter because she was on the back. <laughs> but she's a trooper. Yeah, she hung she with it. She just squeezed tighter. She just waited till the end and said, what the heck was that? <laughs> I said, that's awesomeness is what that is, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's multiple ways to get each one. So in my shop, when you do a motor build, one of the biggest things I say is, what do you want? You know, what do you want this machine to do? Do you want to carry a, ho- a higher mile per hour? Do you want to carry burnouts, wheelies? You know, when you stab it, do you want it to just stick and go? Now, the trade-off is most of the time, and most of the time it's in gearing, is that when you have a ton of low-end torque, it's Newton's law for every action. There's an opposite and equal reaction. Right. So you take away from somewhere else when you do something like this, unless you build enough power, you get all aspects, but a lot of guys don't do that. So you can build for torque or you can build for horsepower and have moderate torque most of the time. So when we talk about something like that is you got to think about when you're out there cruising, if you're a guy that stoplight to stoplight, you know, local in town, bar hopper, if you will. Just Peter farting around. Yeah. My opinion, torque is your friend. Yeah. But if you're a guy that likes to rip, you know, 100 plus, 130, 40 plus, you know, horsepower is kind of your friend, in my opinion. And then obviously it kind of, I keep saying this, but it kind of goes to gearing. You know, it, it really does to carry a lot of, like Harleys are geared, so 120 most of the time on most bikes that you see is fast is maxed out well then you jump on a sport bike shoot 120s first gear second gear get on something like a hayabusa or something yeah yeah so that's kind of where it goes differently and that's where most people pick their bikes for what they want anyway we're taking a uh, sidebar here this is the random thoughts portion of the show did I ever tell you that uh, I was riding down in Arkansas a while back and two old geezers, and I'm that's something when I'm saying old geezers, <laughs> old timers that you think should probably be on the rocking chairs yeah. on the front porch, blasting through, and I met them at the gas station on two Hayabusas. Dang. And they were riding it like they were 20. That's awesome. 
I mean, I told him, I said, hats off to you fellas. I don't, I could do that. And she, he, one guy says, you only live once, son. Wrong. And I'm an old timer and he called me son. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I, I looked up to that guy. Yeah. There's an old saying, fear the old man where young men die. Yeah. That's, that's kind of one of those things where that's like, exactly right. That dude is, if you're old and doing this stuff. And he found somebody that was a compadre that, you know. Did like-minded. Like-minded. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a hard thing to do anymore. Exactly. Especially when you don't like people. Well, that's, therein lies the problem. So you want to get more torque. You want to get more horsepower. You know, there's obviously the ABCs, the, the exhaust, airflow, and cams that you can address. Yeah, 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 for sure. So when you pick cams out for your motorcycle, most all cam manufacturers give you a range. Like it builds most power between this and this. And if you're really studious, you can look up you know, dyno charts. Where does this build my power at? Where's max torque at? Like on dressers, a lot of those cams will start building more power and torque at like 3,500 plus because they're heavy and they want that passing power, if you will, fourth, fifth, that's where they come into power so that when you throttle up, you go. The adverse side of that is they don't make as much low end or you choose a cam that works from like off idle all the way up to, you know, 3,500, 4,500 RPM. Well, when you build a lot of power there, well, then you lose it. You know, most bikes now are six speeds, and that's what everyone's freaking bitch is. It's about, well, I, I don't want to drop gears to pass people. Well, choose a cam that gets you into that power range in that area. Or then you got guys that are like, I don't give a shit about passing people. I just want to be able to rip right now. Well, choose a cam that builds a little bit lower power. So there is no one magical answer yeah there's not a cam out there that's like oh yeah you know it does everything well i mean so to speak when you talk about peak power and peak torque like dudes that do dyno drags there's certain cams that they like to run well those cams don't always work with you know number chasers are a little bit different than everyday riders so now granted you're talking about bikes that might produce 130 140 foot pounds of torque and 120 130 horsepower that thing's gonna make power Okay, everywhere and anywhere. But when a stock Harley produces, you know, now we're at barely hitting hundreds, you know, the 100 mark on power and torque, you know, most of them come out with, you know, 70s, 80s horsepower and torque, maybe low 90s. You're talking about jumping up 60 foot pounds of torque and that much in horsepower, like that motor is going to perform. But to the lamer, to everyday riders that don't spend crazy amounts of money on their engine, you know, they just want something kind of reliable you got to think about where you want your power at do you want it in passing or do you want it in low end so that's really where horsepower and torque comes into the everyday person now guys that don't want to spend their money on performance upgrades spend it on pulleys sprockets you know diameters of that so that they can take a bike that produces shit for power and torque but makes them feel like they have it by doing a gearing change on their final drive now that is so much more, you build it on one spot and you take it away from another spot. You put a lot of low end in, you know, gearing on your pulleys and stuff. You've just drastically reduced your mile per hour. Or you go mile per hour and you've drastically reduced your low end. That's the kind of crap part about it as far as that goes. Well, it's the old give and take. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or in your case, the tug and pull. <laughs> I see that quirky little smile working over there. <laughs> what an ass. <laughs> so when you, again just to just to think about it when you talk about torque and horsepower, I'm a torque guy. 
I like the show of the low end, you know, get it from here to there, burnouts, wheelies, things like that. Um, if I want to run 130, 40 miles an hour, I just hop on a different bike than what I'm. Yeah, see, and I'm just the polar opposite. I mean, I don't speed. You know, I've never in my life had a ticket. Huh. I've been pulled over. Well, I got pulled over once for a taillight out, but I did not get a ticket. So what is it for you? You said torque. It's torque because, you know, I'm a bigger guy. I like the take off. You know what? I, I like the feel of the pull. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. You heard it first right here. Shit. All right. I'll cut that back a little Shit. bit. <laughs> you know, and I was going to offer you another beer, but absolutely not. You've had too much. Oh, man. That's well, too funny right there. <laughs> anyways, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you buy them books, you send them to school. <laughs> Yep. And still, you can't take them out in public. I like the torque, but <laughs> but I don't need the speed because, you know, for me, I like cruising. Yeah. I like the back roads and the back roads and the way that I ride. You know, I don't really get on the highway too much. There's no need mm -hmm. for speed. Speed is your enemy in the type of roads that I ride. Yeah. The but, type of and because in the Ozarks, there's a lot of, you know, we call whoop-de-doos, a lot of ups and downs and stuff like that. Uh -huh. It's really convenient to be able to, you know, turn on the throttle without having to shift down or whatever to get up the next hill. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it really... And it, victory makes a lot of torque. Yes, they do. So... I'll give you that. Victory and Indian make a lot of torque. I've, I Once I took my bike, I mean, this is, people are going to laugh. Once I took it up there on Highway 7, that long stretch, uh -huh. and I took it up to 100 just to see what the just bike would see, ride. Huh? And, you know, it had more room, but typically I won't speed at all. So. Yeah, yeah. So it really comes back to what you're riding. Yeah, and if I had the money to take it into someplace like the Vic Shop or Lloyd's, say mm -hmm. do it, it would be just, I'd say put it back stock, except for I would like a little bit more torque than I even have. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah. So when you talk about something like that, it really goes into your style of riding. What do you want? What is that it? That's exactly the point I was making. Yeah. yeah. Don't be a numbers chaser just to tell, you know, Johnny Jack off over there that I make more power than you. Well, well, so what if you don't use it? Exactly. You know, how are you using it? That's the biggest consideration when you talk about, do I want more torque? Do I want more horsepower? How am I going to use this? How am I going to ride? Where am I riding? You know, if you're a really bad flatlander, Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, you know, I would say probably horsepower because you're going to get out there on those long stretches and you want to turn up the dial a little bit and get out there and reach some speeds. But if you're one of those guys that's in the hill country, the backwoods, you know, make that torque happen so that you can pull these Yeah, because you're not going to use the speed. Right. Unless you want to die. Yeah, who doesn't want to do that, I guess. Eventually, but I'm not ready today. <laughs> Right, right. And that's that's why, you know, sport bikes are so different from, you know, conventional V-twins or big twins. You know, they make great horsepower, but they pull so many RPMs. And that's why they can, you know, they can feasibly ride these twisties when, say, a Harley or something like that. You're redlining 4,500, 5,500 RPMs. Shoot, those bikes don't take off until 7,000 RPMs. I honestly cannot tell you how many times, and it's been a lot, that I have been riding on these back roads, and you'll see three or four sport bike riders, young guys, mm -hmm. just pass you and rip like they were at the yeah. Isle of Man or something like that, yeah. and come up on them 
five or six miles ahead, two of them standing over the edge because some guy, the one third guy <laughs> just went off, just went off, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's not actually an uncommon sight. No, not in the Ozarks. So you don't sure. need the horsepower around the Ozarks. Now I understand people are listening to this podcast from shockingly all over the world. I just still don't understand that, mm-hmm. but you know, horsepower may be your, your friend in that, in your particular area. Right. Right. Exactly. And it goes in, like I got a car background. I love old cars, things like that. I like your wife's old car. (sighs) Yeah, me too. Um, that's what everybody chased was horsepower. How much horsepower can I have? How much horsepower can I get? It's different on motorcycles. You know, it just really is because of what you have to compete with. You know, you're on two wheels you make, you know, gobs more horsepower. It's It just makes it react different, things yeah. like that. So the other th- couple of considerations we talked in depth about cams, uh, exhaust and airflow to accomplish X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So in my experience, the biggest thing, like airflow, there's there's only so many options as far as air intakes go. Is, is And even with the different models, you know, you can get one that turns forward with an open filter. That's going to induce more air. You're going to also want to have an engine that will let you flow that much more air. And then there's the flat style, just a side mount. Are there certain types of engines that would, that is pointless? Metrics. <laughs> because there's just not as much stuff that you're going to be able to do to a metric motorcycle through parts availability. Now again, you're speaking of metrics. You're talking about Japanese, Japanese motorcycle. Yeah. Motorcycles. yeah. So the Japanese motorcycles, there's just not as many parts available to let your engine breathe that much more unless you're a machine. So they've already from the factory have factored that out and, and got you your maximum other than maybe like a K and N air filter or something. Yeah. And, and you talk about that. A K and N inside of a stock air box is just a stock air box. You're not flowing that much more air. You're filtering more microns, but you're not flowing that much more air. So what we talk about as far as that goes is your airbox comes stock with a backing plate and a cover plate. There's one little spot that air comes through. When we talk about a high flow air filter is you take all that stuff off and it lets it flow that much more air in. Either there's a 90 degree or 45 degree elbow that points a filter forward a lot less restrictive air box. It just is inducing more air into the engine. So just throwing a K&N into a stock air box is not going to... It's not really an improvement. do anything for yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it's going to let you filter better. Um, maybe, it probably flows a little bit better, but when the size of your hole coming in is the same size, you're not really advancing it that much more. Yeah, for me, my thought was... That, Hell, I can just buy this K&N now. Now I don't have to buy air filters anymore. Yeah, yeah Just exactly. take it out and clean it. Exactly. So the biggest low-end money-wise, so say you are you got a stock mill engine, maybe you do an air intake on fuel-injected bikes, you got to do a tune so you flow more fuel in because with more air, you need more fuel. So the biggest thing that I see is the exhaust. Basically, it's the biggest bang for the buck, you know, Exhaust manufacturers, they're getting pricey now, but when you're not going to do cams and big engine work, exhaust is an easy way to pick up more but as torque we've discussed more horsepower. Quite a while ago in, in a previous podcast, you can't put aftermarket exhaust on your bike, regardless of the bike, without some kind of a tune. No. I have to, That's not true? Not entirely true. So I'm very familiar with Harleys. So on the newer Harleys, if you do a head pipe, 
yeah, you'll have to tune. But you can put slip-on mufflers on and get a little bit better performance. Not a ton and not have to tune. But then once you change the air intake and the exhaust, definitely have to tune. Um, with carbureted bikes, you can usually get away on a stock head pipe with aftermarket mufflers without jetting. But when you turn up the air coming in, you have to jet. So that's that's really the, the flip side is if you do just exhaust, most of the time you're okay without jetting or tuning. If you do air intake and exhaust, that's where you have to really take into consideration jetting and tuning. Is exhaust the number one thing you can do for your bike to increase any kind of performance? Most of the time, yes. Now, when you talk about numbers, it doesn't net a ton more, but it does net some. And that's typically where everybody wants to go anyways, because they want to change the way it sounds. So instead of just changing the way it sounds, why not get a little bit of a performance out of it too? So when you talk about the genetic makeup of a head pipe, the part that bolts to the engine that goes right. to the, the mufflers, there's multiple ways. So there's true duels or, you know, both pipes coming out completely independent of each other, those typically make more horsepower. Now, when you want to make more torque, you bring them together. X-pipe, um, Harley's had what's called an H-pipe, in my opinion, garbage. So what you're doing is you're taking both pipes, running it into one, and either staying with one out, that produces great torque. You'll go two into one into two is what they call it. Um, that produces pretty good torque and a mild horsepower increase as well. And then there's the straight true duels that they might net a little bit more torque, but you're going to gain more horsepower at that point. Your bike has the most unique exhaust system I've ever seen on any bike whatsoever, period. Yeah. It looks like a true duel, but it's a single pipe out. Yeah. And tell so, them what you did with the other fake pipe that's on there. So I actually have changed the exhaust since then. When I did my engine build, I did different exhaust. But what I had on there... So Harley came out with what's called their H-pipe, where the front pipe comes out, runs down, runs all the way back out the right side. Then on the rear cylinder, just after the, the port, the exhaust port, they put what's called a balancing tube, so it's split right there. One pipe went out the left side to give you the true dual look. The other pipe went down and connected to the, the right side, the front mm -hmm. cylinder, and went out. Well, with that it'd flow like 80% exhaust out of the right side and barely anything out of the left side. So what I did was built it to where it was all came out of the exhaust on the rear cylinder, went down and connected to the right side, the front cylinder, and went out one side. Two into one. Yeah, two into one. But what I did with my left side pipe is I capped it there where it met the exhaust for the rear cylinder, kept my heat shields, everything... And I welded an extension pipe to the end of it that went through my muffler almost all the way out to the back, capped it there. Well, I turned that into an air tank for my air suspension. So I didn't have an air tank in my saddlebag. I didn't have one stuck under a swing arm running a two to one. And that's it, what you call thinking outside the box. Yeah, it essentially looked like a stock head pipe. Well, it performed a little bit better because I stepped that header and made it bigger, made it more traditional two into one and flow better but it looked factory with my left side being an air tank. So what I ended up having to do is on the inside of my end cap on my left side muffler, I spray painted it black so that it looked like it was carboned up like the right side. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise it'd be bright, shiny, like nothing is coming out of it. And then the other side would be all blackened. So that's pretty slick. It was all right. It worked for a long time. 
Well, that think that pretty much wraps up this episode because, you know, we got writing to do and things to do. And uh, it's a pretty day and I want to get the hell out of here. Yeah. So if you get a chance, check out the featured ride, the Missouri Jesse James Getaway on page two on the OzarkRides.com website. And also go to uh, Random Thoughts from the Road website. Uh, You can check out past episodes, sign up our free giveaway. Doesn't cost you anything. It's why we call it free. We don't sell your info in case you're worried about that, as so many people nowadays are. Also, if you're of a mind, we would appreciate it if you think about uh, becoming a, a club member. This stuff costs money, and we don't mind doing it. We appreciate you listening, all the just the same. But, you know, if you think you want to throw a couple of shekels our way, I don't guess it hurt any harm in asking. Yeah. Please, sir, can I have another? Please, sir, another bowl. So uh, until the next time, always keep riding and be safe.